Finding Common Battlegrounds is an attempt by two brothers, one conservative, the other progressive, to have civil conversations about politics with a little help from their friends. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Finding Common Battleground. Tonight is a special episode because one, it's election night, uh, and two, this is Josh's last night as uh, the conservative debater, and uh, and that's actually what we're going to be talking about. So, uh, going into that, but um, first, a word from our sponsor, Lux Bidets. We are giving out uh, a bidet. And uh, we've got one on hand. Ryan, you want to show the goods? And, I will show the goods. And uh, this one's really easy, guys. Uh, first one to leave a comment on YouTube gets a Lux Bidet. So It's a Neo 185 Plus. And um, when I was talking to the Lux rep, he said, you know, it is in our video. So in our video, we have our discount code, but we've never said it on the podcast. I can't believe we never did. But if you go to Lux and actually place an order, you can use our discount code and you get 10% off. The discount code is FCBG10, Finding Common Battlegrounds 10, FCBG10. I didn't know we had a discount code. I've had friends that have bought bidets because- Are you this. serious? Yes. What? My goodness. Oh, man. Thank Sorry, guys. <laughs> it was in the, it's always been in the YouTube video and that little commercial that we recorded, right? The little uh, ad promo thing. Thank I thanks. put it up as text that says, use discount code FCBG10, you get 10% off. Oops. Oops. So we just never said Oopsie. it in the podcast. Yeah. So that's been around. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With our, our uh, last episode with Josh. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. So back to that. Uh, so Finding Common Battlegrounds was the podcast dedicated to seeing how much common ground we had versus how much we had uh, different from each other. Uh, Ryan is always represented the liberal side and Josh represented the conservative side, even though Ryan's wearing red uh, half most through mes- most episodes. He is the liberal side. But uh, brothers, very confused. But yet, ideologically (laughs) polar opposites uh they um the idea and the experiment i guess you'd call it was to see if we could make progress on building up our common ground and coming up with some with some um commonality i guess you'd say but uh uh, has the experiment failed uh we're going to talk about that so um so we don't really we don't have a big format but uh, a formal format so we're not gonna be asking questions we're just gonna be talking about like what does the like this breakdown in this conversation? What does that mean for the bigger? What does that mean for the country? What does that mean as a whole? Uh, like, uh, uh, what is what is the saying? But uh, so let's talk about. So first, Josh, why don't you why don't you talk? Why why you're going to step away for a little bit? Yeah, I need a break at the very least. It's it's not fun anymore. The last several episodes have just you know when when you're not looking forward to it and it becomes a chore and not just a chore, but something that is just dreading. That's a good sign that something's not right. You should change that aspect of your life. And it's just, it just hasn't been fun. The last several episodes. Um, because you know, your position's so bad, your position. So wrong. yes. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just can't compete with Ryan. He's too elite. <laughs> no, you know, 15 years ago when I stopped talking to Ryan, it was because every argument that I 
throughout there was met with this moralistic claiming of the high ground and just saying, you're, you're racist, you're bigoted, you're stupid. Uh, I'm, I'm educated and you're not. And, and the last several episodes, of, it's like we've come full circle almost where some of my arguments have been met with the same thing, right? Well, you're, you're racist or, you know, you, I, I know, and, and I don't want to attack Ryan here because I've, He's not fully at fault. I, I do some of the same stuff. I disparage academia and stuff, and, and I have reasons for it. I just don't – it's not fun. We're, I'm, I'm met with outrage the last several episodes instead of having a discussion. And uh, the – you know, it, it's not worth not liking Ryan to do the podcast for my 10 friends or whoever's listening, right? Um, for for you to continue would kind of like it would damage the relationship, your relationship with, with your brother. Maybe I'm not saying it would because I'm not like really pissed off at Ryan right now. We were talking before the podcast and everything's fine. Um, it's just not fun. It's not fun for me anymore. And, you know, in the interest of full disclosure, I did this for Ryan. Ryan's the one that loves talking politics. I enjoy it. It you know it's fun, but this was Ryan's thing. He's always been the one that's pushed it every week. Um, so this was a way for me to spend time with my brother, and he wanted to do it, so we did it. And it's some episodes were more fun than others. Obviously, I think everybody would agree with that. But it's just not fun anymore. So so either I you know, and I have other stuff going on in my life. I'm really busy right now. So. If I take a break and recharge, maybe we'll revisit it. Maybe we'll change the format. Maybe you guys find somebody else, you know, one of Tom's brothers or something, and and keep going and find a more successful formula and and but, with my blessing. But like, uh, I want to know more, like, because you keep saying not fun, but like, but you also alluded to that you you're basically saying you we we weren't finding common ground. No, I didn't feel like it. You know, we to be specific um, because our listeners deserve that Uh, charges of racism started to get thrown around. So I, I, you know, I identified we have a big disconnect here because we're, we're back down this stupid road. So we had an episode dedicated to truth and reconciliation and, and identifying this disconnect and finding common ground on the, on this very charged issue of racism. And I felt like I, I, uh, gave as much as I could give, you know, the, the, the end result of that episode was Ryan reserved the right to still call everybody a racist. Uh, he was just going to try to do it a little more nicely. And I said, you know, we as conservatives need to listen to the liberals because it's their job to point out racism and we need to try harder. And, uh, you know, I told you guys this the other night, the, uh, the sign of a good compromise is neither party's happy. Well, I wasn't happy, and Ryan was deliriously happy with that because he still got to just call me racist and stuff, right? So I, I, it didn't feel like we made any progress, and, and Ryan disagrees, which is great. Uh, hopefully, he does feel like we found some found some common ground. But I walked away from that episode going, "What am I doing? This like I'm bending over backwards to try to accommodate Ryan, and I just think he's wrong." So, uh, you know, I don't even know what to say there. We came up with this this. 10 point scale of racism that everybody has to be on. And I thought it was so dumb. I still think it's silly. And all my friends started like making fun of it. 
I don't I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. We're right. we're flailing around well, in the dark here and it, yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know okay. if any of that well, even this, makes sense. I uh you know, we, Ryan deserves a uh to, to be heard here on this on 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 those comments. Absolutely. What, what do you think, Ryan? Oh, um yeah, I mean I was just making a note there. So I I think I understand actually like Josh's perspective on that. Um I've I've given it a lot of thought, right? In in particular, since Josh said like he wants to step away for a bit, um, and and I think I see uh, as well when he says um, it seems like he did all the conceding and I didn't. Um, I mean, I think he's he might be mischaracterizing like the outcome a little bit, right? That I get to just call people racist and walk away happy like that. I don't think that was the compromise we came a up with. Bit. Pretty close okay. though. Well, not, not <laughs> really. Right. So, so the, the way that I saw that, and this is why I did think of it as a compromise, but, um, and I, and I don't, I, I'm not trying to raise this as like, Oh, let's rehash this in this episode. Cause that's not the point. Right. So I'm just trying right. to like how, how I see that conversation and it's clear that like Josh doesn't see it the same way. Right. So like it, it, there's a disconnect still um, my goal with that whole conversation was to allow us to have a common language so we could have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't think that what I propose, you know, this like scale of zero to 10 or one to 10, I don't think that's perfect. It was just an attempt to make it so we could have those kinds of conversations. And I I have to admit, I'm a little disheartened that like the end result was that people are making fun of it. Right. Um, And that's fine. Right. Again, this is not an attempt to rehash this. I'm not trying to like rehash this in any sense of the word. I I think I get Josh is is saying like, I I conceded on this, right. I was willing to use this language. Um, And that is a concession on Josh's part. And I think that would be a concession on conservatives part generally, if they were like, okay, we're willing to use this language. Um, The, the part that's getting to me, right. Is that that was my goal was to give us a common language. Good goal. Great. Right. That's, that's what, that's all I was trying to do. I'm not trying to claim a moral high ground or anything like that. I was just trying to get us a common language. I would be willing to concede if there was a different common language we could use. And that that's, I think, right. where I, I came away from this going, okay, I get why Josh feels like he did all the conceding because I proposed the language and he said, okay, we can try this, right? If Josh had proposed different language that made sense, that allowed us to then have the conversation about race, then I think it would have been different because then I would have had been like, okay, let me think about like whether this works. So that I, I think that's why I'm not that I'm frustrated, right? There like were, I don't think I'm actually frustrated. There were yeah. there weren't an, there wasn't an alternate solution. That, yeah, that, I think so that's all. Fair enough. Fair does, enough. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. So it's like I, I I'm happy to concede. Like let me concede. I just I don't know what the alternative is, right? And and I think this gets to the bigger disconnect. Like this is the secondary. Uh, idea behind the podcast today is like, what does this mean for these kinds of discussions generally? I like, I'm learning. We're not talking the same language. Like we're literally talking like Greek and uh, Chinese to each other and it's making it. So we just can't communicate. It's really hard. Well, and I was thinking, I was thinking about this the other day because Bill Meyer, Mayor Meyer uh, was talking about, um, I remember him talking about when, 
Trump and, and a number of conservatives were kicked off of Twitter. And he was kind of mourning this saying like, if, if, if they go somewhere else, we're no longer having a conversation. And then, and it's like, we can't, we're not talking anymore. And that's not, he's like, he's basically saying that's not good. That's right. not good. Um, but that's and, why Elon bought Twitter, right? So we'll all stay on the same platform. Cause what's happened is the, the left has co-opted all of these platforms and now they're censoring the right. So what's the right doing? Well, we're going to, take our ball and go home and we're going to go start true social and have our own platforms. And I just heard today, if you're on true social and you uh, say anything positive about, uh, or anything negative about January 6th, you get kicked off. <laughs> so, so well, now we're, we're just yeah. bifurcating the whole country. So we have That's our own crazy. little uh, echo chambers and we're not right. talking. And, and you look at the, the uh, blowback on Musk for buying Twitter with the goal of being, let's open it up to, to everybody talking and not having censorship. And see, Ryan doesn't even agree with the goal for some reason. No, he's, no, no. I, I think that was his goal. I'm just laughing because now he's banning people for making fun of him. Um, uh, no, he's which banning is, people that are pretending to be him. Yes, right. Um, but in, in the aim of like comedy. Right. So, and, and I get like Kathy, Kathy Griffin's probably not the best person to use because she can be really, really provocative, but it's literally people like, you know, not claiming that it's a parody account, but it's clearly a parody account, um, getting up and making fun of Elon Musk. And now he's like, nope, not acceptable. Right. Uh, so I get your point. I, I, I'm not trying to make light of your point. I think your point is a really good one. Um, it's just pretty fascinating to see what's happening with Twitter right now. And to be honest, like uh, I'm on Twitter. I, for a long time have used Twitter. Um, I'm considering not using Twitter anymore. Not, not Why? because Elon Musk bought it, but um, because what, one of the changes, reason? Right? no, 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 no. The, the check Mark thing. Um, he wants people to pay to use the service. Right. Yeah. Um, which is fine, right? Like I, I get that he needs to make money. Um, but I'm also just not getting a lot out of Twitter anymore. So I, I don't know. You, both of you have social media accounts and you post even less than I do on Facebook, which is saying a lot because I probably post like once a month on Facebook now. Is that fair? Right. That oh, I yeah, think I you guys post. post. Yeah. So you post even less than I do on Facebook and I might post once a month and I'm about at the same spot on Twitter. I used to post fairly regularly on Twitter. I'm down to like once a month and I'm wondering what the utility is. What, what is the benefit of even being on the platforms yeah. anymore? And I'm, I'm guessing Musk was Twitter. the, or the $8 a month is the, was kind of the catalyst to make you. Yeah. Which I don't need to pay it. Right. I don't need the blue check mark, but you're, you're verified right now. I'm not. No, I've never been verified. Right. Oh, so, so you never even had it. No, I didn't. Right. But so I'm, I'm just dollars isn't really the issue. You just no, it's Musk. it's a, it's not Musk. I, I own a Tesla. Right. So this is not about Elon Musk. Like, I yeah, I don't agree with all of the things he says. It's that I'm I'm not seeing the utility in the platform anymore. That seems well, very fair. The I timing seems convenient, but the uh, timing does seem convenient. It just made me reflect on it, right? Like, um, what am I doing on this platform if I'm not really posting? And I like it just takes some of my attention, right? So the app is on my phone, just like Facebook is, and it pops up, you know, hey, you missed this thing. 
And then it just grabs my attention. And I'm like, you know what? I have better things to do with my time. I turned off notifications to Twitter because, yes, they they were very distracting. Have Uh, you done the same with Facebook or no? I I don't have the Facebook app. Josh? Do you do Um, Facebook at all? I only get notified if somebody actually tags me. I do get the browser notifications. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering if I even want to stay on Facebook to be honest at this point. Like, I just, I don't know what the utility of social media is. Yeah. Well, there's well, obviously some utility for a lot of people. Yeah. So not, not that I'm disagreeing. I'm only on Facebook, but what, what do you, anyway, what do that's we, a tangent. Do, but let's talk about, yeah, a little bit of tangent there, but let's talk about this. So like if we're, yeah, kind of like what Josh is saying, if we just bif- bifurcate our, our, our ideological platforms and everyone goes over to their, conservative yep. platform or their liberal platform, you know, like that I, 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 can we agree that that's probably not in the best interest of the country and, and that we're, I mean, we'll probably be arguing less. But, <laughs> right? uh, yes. But then we get we where we be, are right now. Oh, yeah, we ahead, might Josh. all be happier until we have a civil war or some other. Such I, was a, I was about to say that. And I think that that part right there, is the part that I think is crazy terrifying to me that people are, are actually talking about violence. Like I just, oh, yeah. I don't understand it. I don't understand why that is where we're headed. That people are talking about, we have to, we have to engage in violence to solve this. And, yeah. and that's a genuine question for like, if Josh were going to be on here, right. I'd be like, can we do an episode on why, people on the right are are saying we need a civil war because i don't i don't get it i genuinely don't get it just people on the right the left's already engaged in violence where were you during the riots two years ago well i think the context is a little different but that's fine we we don't have to debate that i agree here's my take josh i want to i want to hear what you think about this because this is my take on how this will play out um because i i fear that yes this we might this might escalate to violence at some point or another, but this is how I felt that's been playing out and how I think it will continue to play out is the right is like, is like a schoolyard. Uh, well, the left is kind of like a schoolyard bully and the right is like the bully E where, you know, the, the, the bullied. The bullied. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and they're bullied and bullied, and then they're going to lash out violently. And then that kid, that kid is going to get, he, he's going to get arrested, right? Cause he did the bad thing and he, the right is always going to be wrong, right? They're going to be like, they've done the wrong thing constantly. And that's, but they, but that they're just, but they're just con- constantly being pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. Um, Great analogy. Because, I think it's actually a good analogy too. Yeah. Well, and and I hate this is kind of a sad truth, but it's it's almost the same as the school shooter thing, right? Th- those kids are wrong. They are totally in the wrong. They act mm-hmm. around violence. But if you looked at almost all their situations, they are very ostracized, right? Many yeah. of them tease, many of them um bullied. You know, I yeah, bullied. I showed my kids once the video of the of the kid, uh I can't remember which one. It wasn't Sandy Hook. What well, maybe it was. 
And anyway, there was a video of him playing a video game. And he was one of those the dance ones, Dance Dance Revolution. And kids were filming him. So the video was of kids filming him laughing at him, right? Making fun of him, right? Mm-hmm. And this was like a year before he went and did the, the, the massacre. And you're just like, I got, I, I'm sure he got this di- years and years in the making, right? That, mm-hmm. that, that massacre. And you're like, but he was wrong. He did the wrong thing. He did what was wrong, but you kind of understand why, right? He was just egged and egged and egged. And I feel like that's what's happening. Cause we, the, that's so why we Trump were talking got about elected. That's exactly that? why he yeah. got, that's, I don't, exactly I don't why we went from milk toast, Mitt Romney to Trump. <laughs> you can't yeah. find two more different yes. people. That's why we did because mm-hmm. we're getting pushed and prodded and pushed. Yes. So your, your analogy is spot on. And, and then he, then Trump became the villain. And if you, you voted for Trump, you were an idiot and you were stupid and you're yep. dumb and, you're and he's been out of office for two years and, and Jimmy Kimmel can't stop ripping on him every night to remind everybody and, that you're and stupid. MAGA people like th- this just happened with the, this douchebag that, that attacked Pelosi's husband, right? Immediately. What does the left media do? Oh, it was, he's a, he's a MAGA supporter. He was driven to it by MAGA supporters. Trump's not even the president. And this is immediately where the media goes. They blame this crazy nudist dude that attacks a politician's husband on us. What? I mean, that's the knee jerk reaction. Right. So, but Ryan, we'll we'll avoid that topic. Well, yeah, Yeah, this is what happened. But here's, but here, just to finish my point off the, the idea was that, so Ryan, you we were gonna we were, our next subject we were gonna talk about the alt right and and what they're doing like they're how they're dividing the country and they're and they're spreading this information. Um, there's some articles about that, and the point that that I thought that should be brought up was that the media has been dividing the country for years. The mainstream media, you know, every talk show host every night is like, "How stupid you are if you're Republican, and how dumb, and how stupid all the Republicans yeah. are," and and like. If yes, the alt right is probably guilty of that, but but the left is like more guilty of that. Like uh, and like is poking you know, and prodding. Sure, SNL is like it's like oh you know you're you're a KKK member if you vote for Trump. You're this that right? It's like all these videos I could that you could show, and uh, I think I feel like that's how it's going to play out. Right, eventually someone on the right is going to snap. And then, you know, and like you're seeing these, these malicious stuff and things like that, they're going to like, someone's going to go crazy and do something, kidnap a governor or whatever. And then, um, and then it's, but then it's just, and then that's just going to escalate the narrative, right? It's going to get more and more. Yeah. But how does it, how does it end? Right. So, I mean, we just had, I mean, Josh brought it up and I don't want to try and necessarily get into the politics, but we had somebody who tried to kidnap Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. Right. And and literally hit her husband in the head with a hammer and cracked his skull. Um, that's clearly an escalation to violence, right? Like that that's what it is. Right. Um, I think you're right that what that does is just escalate this, right? So the left, to Josh's point, the left immediately points to his MAGA credentials, which apparently there were some. I don't know a whole lot about the situation other than what he did. I actually did read like the, the police like transcript. Like BLM credentials, like he, the house he's I living in currently yeah. has BLM posters on the wall. Like Bureau of Land a, he's Management. He's a crazy guy. Oh, like BLM Black Lives matters. 
Oh, um, I thought you meant Bureau of Land. Sorry. <laughs> Why is he into Bureau of Land Management? Like that is uh, pretty crazy. Well, he's, like, he's that's really weird. He wants he wants land to go out and be nude on. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Okay, was, I get it now. What was the nudist comment, Josh? Was he nude when he went and? No, he, he, was in his... he was a nudist activist. Was his history? He would like oh, go around yeah. San Francisco promoting nudism or something weird. All right, he's just a crazy guy, right? Right, and I, I get that, and so that's why I'm 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 not necessarily saying like this is the perfect illustration. Um, so yes, the media does point to this, and and all I think it does right. So whether he has MAGA credentials or not, beside the point, what it does is exactly what Tom said: is it escalates the the rhetoric. Okay, but but how does this end? Is it is it massive violence? Right, because I just can't believe that's where we're headed. Like in my mind, that makes no sense. Why would we do this? We fought I, a civil war. Six hundred thousand people died. It was, and I get that was like a you know it was over a real issue, slavery. But are we there? I think if you, I mean, I think eventually you're going to see us uh, at least some states secede attempt to secede. And then that'll be whether the union tries to force them in to stay in. Right. I think that's where, and that's where it'll get violent. Right. Is that, uh, I think that's eventually inevitable unless something crazy happens, like, like a war with another country or something like that. I don't know. I had no idea how this ends. I don't, I don't like where it's going though. Um, but, but to our point, to give you some more examples of, of why I'm so disheartened and why I need to stop doing this. Um, and this is what Tom's just referring to. We're talking about the media. I, I, I don't know how many times I've said on the podcast that the media has been co-opted by the left. And it doesn't matter how many ways I illustrate it, for whatever reason, Ryan just doesn't really want to acknowledge that or accept that or believe that or whatever. Okay. And th- this was interesting. And I don't, I hope you don't take this like, personally but we were talking the other day when i told these guys that i didn't want to do it anymore and ryan's brain immediately went to uh, because um i mean we had a long conversation but um we we got talking about how i constantly disparage academia and ryan's uh need for to back everything up with peer review um and i've i've been very critical of that and ryan's brain immediately went to is that because you don't have a, a doctorate and you've, you're you're uh, lashing out because you feel inferior? Or you said something along those lines, right? Mm-hmm. Which is hilarious to me. It's, it's absolutely hilarious because that's the disconnect. It's uh, you, di- you didn't mean that to be demeaning, Mm-mm. but do you not see how that's totally demeaning yep. that you would assume that I'm disparaging of academia because I don't have a doctorate and this is me uh, You're just jealous. Yeah, like this is jealousy, or I'm overcompensating, or something. When well, yeah. My my so so to to see the bigger picture, the way I view it is during uh, COVID, we had essential workers and non-essential workers, and when the non-essential workers went home, all the white-collar people, what happened? Didn't really affect anybody day to day. But when the essential workers, the blue-collar workers, stopped working, what happened? everything comes to a screeching halt, right? So I just, mm-hmm. from from my conservative viewpoint, I just think that blue-collar workers and truck drivers and uh, farmers 
they're they're more important and that's that's a, a higher vocation than academia or a lawyer or something like that not not to say that they're not needed in in their own sphere right but mm-hmm. it's just again this is another disconnect a totally different way of looking at the country where Ryan just assumes that my annoyance with academia which has obviously been co-opted by the left which Ryan will not accept but it's just mm-hmm. a fact it has been <laughs> um and and so I'm disparaging of it, and Ryan just doesn't see it that way. And he's more disparaging of people like me who don't have higher education and degrees, and we we get dirty when we're at work, right? It's a different way of looking at the country. And uh, it, hmm. Ryan, do you think – is there any credibility to that, that, like, that, that, um, that Josh – is never going to be credible in your eyes because he does, he's not formally educated in, no. in some of uh, this stuff. Well, so again, I'm, I'm trying to like, I understand what you're saying, Josh. And, and I, I really do. Right. So I see how me saying, Look, you know, what I did as any kind of an attack. Right, right. I was just I, trying I, to I point out yeah. why the um, right would view that as, as derogatory. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Um, go ahead. So, to, to give kind of an, an illustrating example, and, and I get like, I'm probably weird in academia. Um, just the other day, we were talking about uh, economic inequality in my classes, right? So sociologists, this is one of the things we talk about is, who, you know, why some people have more money than others. And one theory, and I don't, I don't mean to go down this long road, I'm going to keep it really short. But one theory about this is that the jobs that are the most important should get rewarded the most. Okay. So I raise that with the students and I'm like, okay, does this make sense? And then I say, what are the most important jobs? And as soon as we talk about that, right. And we raise that, I'm like, the people who pick up your trash is one of the most important jobs. Cause yeah. if they don't pick up your trash, when that stops. we all get you, sick, right? Yeah. Like literally we, we will die if we don't have trash pickup. Do they get paid more than college professors? Do they get paid more than professional athletes? Right? No, not even close. Right? My so wife, my wife ran a daycare <clears throat> for 15 years. Like $2 she should be a making, kid. Yes. She should be making like, way more than that. It's right? insane what people will pay yes. to have their children taken care of. But your <clears throat> lawyer, when you need to get custody of those children, you'll pay them yes. your whole house. So, so I, I hope you see, like, when I'm saying that, I'm saying that one, because like, just logically, you, right? You it makes sense. But two, like I'm fully there, right? That I I don't think the fat cats on Wall Street should be making a billion dollars a year because they're playing with all of our money, right? Like, why do they deserve to make that much money when we can't pay our school teachers and our daycare workers and the people picking up our trash and our janitors a living wage? Okay. So, so to Josh's point, and again, I think I might be weird because as a sociologist, we do kind of wrestle with economic inequality. I'm not a fan of the levels of economic inequality that we have because we're rewarding some people who I don't think their jobs are nearly as important as trash pickup and daycare workers. Um, so, so there is a disconnect, right? And I, I totally get the disconnect. At the same time, I never disparage blue collar workers, um, not remotely because what did we do growing up, Josh? We did blue collar work, right? Um, there's a reason why I do not pour concrete for a living. It is the most miserable thing I have ever done in my life, next to maybe cleaning out sumps in a car wash. Sumps were worse. 
right? But worse. but it's like sumps. Tom, did you ever do that with us? I don't know if mm-hmm. you ever cleaned out sumps. You did right? not have the privilege of <laughs> you did not, right? Sumps and then pouring concrete. And it was when I was pouring concrete that I was like, I don't care how long I have to go to school. I am going to do something so I never have to do this job again because it is <laughs> miserable. And when, I mean, we just had, you know, some work done on our house, they were pouring concrete. I take those people out like food. I take them out drinks, anything I can do to make their lives easier because I recognize how awful that job is. So I, I really do appreciate blue collar workers I'm guessing that's not true for most of academia. I'm guessing that's not true for most of the professionals, right? Who did get to, who are non-essential workers who got to work from home. Uh, so I'm, I'm probably a little bit different there. So I don't ever mean to disparage that, right? This comes back to the other issue though, of me saying like, well, you know, why are you disparaging academia, right? Um, I think that's a different question. Right, I get that it sounds like I'm saying I'm I'm disparaging you because you're disparaging academia, and I'm trying to find this the reason why. If it really is just because you think academia has been co-opted by the left, which isn't entirely true, but it's largely true. I'll I'll concede that it's largely <laughs> First true. Have you ever conceded that? Um, well, the reason why it's complicated is because there are disciplines in academia that are not even remotely taken over by the left. Um, colleges of business, for the most part, are very conservative. Right. Um, there are other right. disciplines that are like that too. The one so, that has the least effect on society. Yeah. Uh, well, no, that, we don't I have mean, to debate that, right? But certainly the humanities, the humanities and social sciences. No. Right, right. We're going. We're going down yeah. another tangent. I, I was right. just pointing that out as another example of the disconnect in the country, where the left uh, or the right feels like we're being da- talked down to. We've addressed this a couple times, right? Mm-hmm. This is why Trump gets elected. Because of thoughts like that or statements like that, even if even if they're not meant in a derogatory manner, they're still it taken comes like across that. that way. And this is yeah. why, you know, we went on the whole elitist thing and you did not like me calling you an elite. But that's you know, when you think you know what's best for somebody else, even if you do, that's not shouldn't be the uh, and we're going down another rabbit hole. It, it's just part of the disconnect. And and I don't see us getting past it. We've talked about this several times and we're still just stuck at loggerheads here. Um, we're just grinding gears at this point. Well, it's not fun anymore. And and I can understand that. And again, the, the, the idea of this podcast is to explain why you're, you're taking a break. Right. Um, like I said, I, I really do think we made progress when we found common language on race. Um, I, I thought that was actual progress. That to me, that was that was progress. And maybe what we needed to do, and maybe we will at some point in the future. If you and decide, you, to you come didn't back. realize you thought it was progress, and that was the nail in the coffin for. Jobs. I know that was, like, oh, was it was the done. end. It was done. It actually um, wasn't. Well, okay, but um, but it, but it was close. It sure did right. help. <laughs> um, it seems to me like. Those issues that you're talking about, right, they come up regularly when we're talking about other things rather than directly saying like, okay, why does the right disparage higher education so much, right? Like that should be the topic of a podcast where we actually go head on into that and say, what is the problem? Like, why is it happening that conservatives in the US are like 
you know, let's get rid of funding in academia and let's like do X, Y, and Z with academia. Yeah, we've talked about academia a couple of times. That was our very first podcast. Yeah, but our very first podcast was not, has the left co-opted academia? It was, is a college degree worth it? Yeah. Right. So right. we, we no. haven't directly hit like right on okay, the. You're, you're the not wrong. I, I think you're actually exactly right. There's another area where we don't have a common language with which to establish common ground. Agreed. We're going to have to do this, jump through this freaking hoop and, and find a common language for every freaking thing we have to talk about. This is exhausting. <laughs> I, I can't do it anymore. It's well, it, and like, literally, it's exhausting to, the, to think through this, not, which is a shame. Honestly, it's a shame and it's a failing on my part. It's weakness on my part because I have learned an awful lot during you are doing this podcast. <laughs> I've, I've learned a lot. I was listening to two of the most famous podcasters debating today. And and I was like, you guys kind of suck at this. Like I, I could totally do better than the conservatives doing right now. Like, like I started to, to say out loud what he should have been arguing. So who, who are the been- two most famous podcasters? Really? So uh, Matt Walsh was on Joe Rogan um, and Matt Walsh, when, when they, when Joe started to hit him about gay marriage, Matt Walsh kind of fell apart and he's kind of famous for this kind of stuff. He was not doing well, um, hmm. which, and, and neither of them really were. We have better, better discussions here. We really do where we, we concede where it's necessary so we can move the conversation forward. And they were just spinning in circles, both of them. It was so frustrating to listen to, you know, patting myself on the back, you guys on the back here, but we have 10 viewers and Joe Rogan has 70 billion. <laughs> um, I don't even know where I was going with that. Well, I oh, think the point is we, we all have to smoke pot on the podcast Apparently. in order to get more viewers and listeners. Help. Well, we Elon <laughs> Musk on the podcast. I was just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, you were saying that it, it sounds it sounds like a lot of work in order for us to arrive at common language so we can have conversations. I am am not going to disagree with that at all. I think it would it be a sound ton of like work. a lot of work. We've done forty episodes, and what have we actually agreed on? A ton. We've agreed on a man. ton of stuff. Well, yes, but we've agreed on a ton of stuff. I mean, almost every and actually, like. uh if we're getting meta about the podcast, right? Um, both of you and my wife have all said that the podcasts are more interesting to listen to when we disagree more. So we've been pushing for disagreement when the whole goal of the podcast was actually to find where we agree. Yeah. Right. So, and, and there have been several episodes where we agree on everything and everybody walks away from it going that, that, that episode was boring. Yeah. We right? challenge you. No, that's that's fine. I mean, I'm right. not disagreeing. You're right. Right. Well, that's probably true. Right. <laughs> and, so, so we do agree. We agree on a lot of things, right? Well, I think there still is disconnect in language on some big issues that it, we haven't addressed. It but. reminds me of like um, Fox News has this, and and I think uh, CNN. I can't. I'm, I'm trying to think of who's on MSNBC or, or the, but where they have a contrarian, right? They'll have a liberal, they'll have a panel and one person will be liberal. And you know, they're just getting paid just to be, there was like Contrary. a Raul, there was a Raul and there was some other guy on, on Fox and they would just like sit there and just like pummel that person the entire episode. And they just had that person there just to like, to just as care. a punching bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's like, we can't all be, uh, uh, 
um, what is it? A, a, an, a mirror, a, a echo chamber. So we need, we need someone that's going to disagree and we can slam their arguments down. Right. And just be like, oh, I just dunk on them the whole time. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what our listeners want. They want us to smash each other because that's well, what people like. Well, and that, that's my point, right? Is that there's clearly people like some kind of conflict and controversy, right? And well, like, sure. I mean, that's good, good story writing. You have to have conflict in every chapter of a story, right? right? Totally. So it makes it, it makes a good agreed. sitcom and it's good, a good uh, a, a move or TV series. But so. this is why I'm so disheartened because Ryan and I are brothers. We love each other. We have a good mediator here keeping us on track and look how freaking hard it is for us to discuss these issues. Like I'm out of steam. I, I need to step away from a while because you know, it wasn't the racism issue that was the nail in the coffin. It was our last episode when I brought up something I want to discuss and Ryan just responded with outrage. That mm-hmm. was the nail in the coffin where I went, I, I, I can't, I can't fight him anymore on stuff like this because uh, it, you know, it makes me not like him. And if I don't like my brother who, you know, when we were children, we slept in the same bed, right? How, what hope does the nation have? This is why I'm so disheartened. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't see it getting better because it's so <laughs> much work for us to find any common ground. Yeah. And we're, we're starting on second base. Yeah. We're they trying. Mean, man. Um, I don't know. I, well, I, I don't know where the hope is. <laughs> you, you two just gave me an idea, right? And I don't know if you remember, like right at the beginning, like at the very beginning of this podcast, um, we, you know, we we came up with the idea of finding common battlegrounds. And the idea is that we were we were going to find things that we could both, like all of us, could just like critique, like you know, horrifically. And one of the things that I threw out was like the Kardashians. So, so Tom, you just mentioned like, like a lot of, you know, news outlets will bring on, uh, you know, the punching bag basically. Mm. Well, maybe that's what we need, right? We need something that is just so outlandishly idiotic and stupid that even though we're debating and trying to wrestle through these issues, we can both agree that that person's position is idiotic. That's ridiculous. Right. (laughs) Yes. So we need that third party, we need a right? Common enemy. Yes, that's, that's what the we only need. Way to right? fix this. Absolutely. I mean, we already decided this. That's the only we, way to fix it. Is we, we need, need like enemy. some Russian to come on and be yes. like, "America, stupid." <laughs> <laughs> See, and then we would find common ground in fighting the idiot that we're like, "No, you're a piece of crap," right? And it, it's almost like that's really what we need because then we still have the conflict right but we're teaming up to fight the idiot right instead of us just going at each other um Hmm. i don't know that that solves the real conflict well and that's kind of what i was alluding to again i think there's really only one way that america doesn't tear itself apart and that is finding a common you know and that'd be war against another like if like russia started using nukes or something like that that would that would unite us real quick i Uh, think so but, yeah, I just don't want to believe that because, you know, but the, that it's going to take that. That that's the only route. Because again, the death on the coffin was when Ryan got mad, right? Mm-hmm. The the death. I just confused too. I just mixed metaphors. The death nail, K N E L L, in the coffin. Yes. Wow, death, wow. Yeah. I need some sleep. The Fine. nail in the coffin. The death knell for me was when Ryan responded with outrage because, uh, you know, 
Ryan won't love this language, but going from a gospel perspective, I I lost the spirit. I just didn't I didn't feel good. And I immediately think of Martin Luther King Jr.'s amazing quote where he says, hate doesn't drive out or uh, darkness doesn't drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate doesn't drive out hate. Only love can do that, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to hate somebody else to be united. I just, I don't want to believe that. I really don't. Well, um, so I, I think there really are kind of two paths. One is the hard slog trying to find common language so we can talk about things, which I admit I think would probably be kind of boring for listeners and maybe even for us as we wrestle with some of these really specific issues. And instead of trying to you know, come at it from the perspective of like, you know, uh, you have three points, I have three points, and we try and see if the other person can agree. We just like, un, you know, we unpack things at length um, ad nauseum, right? Um, that's one path. It's long, it's slow, it's boring, it's challenging, but it's one path. The other path is the one that Tom just said. We have a common enemy, and then we forget about all of the differences that we have. I, I I don't know. I, I could be wrong, but I those are kind of the two the paths road. that I see. Yeah. Are you talking about the country or the podcast? Both. Yeah. The other path, I think the other idea, a common, it's still a common enemy, but it might not be another country. It could just be like a, a massive disaster, right? Yeah. Disaster would, would you know. It right, be but, pretty massive. But they're all, got, they're all bad yeah. options. Yeah. Yes, they are. And I think Josh, you know, Josh just said it really well, again, using a metaphor that when that happens, we sweep the issues, the differences under mm-hmm. the rug. Mm-hmm. They're not gone. They're not resolved. Yeah. We yeah, just ignore them while we deal with this other pressing issue. And I, which basically means, right, that like the one solution is to have those long, drawn out, detailed, boring conversations where we wrestle with how can we talk about this in a way that neither of us gets offended. But nobody cares. Well, <laughs> so, so I think so what's the solution saying, between you well, and that would I, be a boring episode. I think is what Ryan's saying. Right. And that you're saying that, that that's nobody's be... listening to the podcast. I mean, we're doing this because we enjoyed it and we do have a couple really awesome people that listen and actually say that they appreciate getting both sides and they're learning stuff and they're awesome. And shout out to you guys for staying with us, but it's what do we have? 40 people an episode. So even mm-hmm. if we did all that work, if if we had 10,000 subscribers, I'd do the work. I really would. And you now all my friends are going to be like, oh, I'm not worth it to you, dude. Come on. <laughs> but well, you're not really do selling Do you not Josh. care about your nephews, Josh? Like, what no, are you saying here? I do. But it's, it's not. It's a yeah. lot of work. I think that I, I, either I think we ignore Ryan the issues. We're speaking yeah. metaphorically, right? That like it, you've got us in order to solve this, we'd have to slog through it and it wouldn't be mm-hmm. exciting. And it wouldn't be, oh, you won and I lost. It would be right. like some big, it would be this slow grind of, of understanding and, and common ground, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and I think the race issue, right? It was like it was boiling. Right. It was boiling. So there were like mm-hmm. three or four episodes where it was right there, yeah, like yeah. right underneath, you know, like it, it was really there. Um, and then we finally were like, oh, this is like, we can't talk about this. And then it boiled over. And then we had an issue, an episode where we, we took it head on. Right. Um, I don't know that it was the right answer. I'm, I'm still not convinced it was the right answer, what we came up with there, but I thought it was progress. 
that, and I thought you thought it was progress, Josh, right? Because you were like, I think this is a disconnect. We need to have a, a truth and reconciliation episode on race. And we did, right? The, the question is, how many of those would we have to have before we can actually have conversations without where we can understand each other's perspective? We don't have to agree. Right. Like at the end of the day, I don't think the solution, like the goal of this podcast isn't for you to become a progressive and me for, for me to become a conservative or vice versa. Right. Like I don't think that's the goal. The goal is can we have civil conversations where we walk away going, you know, I understand your perspective. I don't agree with it, but I totally respect you for having that perspective. We can't because the last several episodes haven't been civil. So, how do we solve that? Well, and then, yeah, and as, is that the the moral of the story, right? That like we couldn't we couldn't do it. That's like, sad, but uh, I am I am that disheartened looking at the country right now on election night. Um, when you have you know again bringing back Elon Musk, a guy saying I believe in free speech, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, and half the country went, oh, I hate you, and I'm leaving. Um, it's so disheartening to me to see that. I mean, it, it, free speech. We can't agree on free speech. Well, what are we doing? I mean, it's just not worth the effort. I, I, my, I, feel, I just feel like my time would be better spent uh, becoming a prepper and stockpiling bullets or getting rich or something because nobody's listening to us. So that'd be great if Ryan and I found common ground on everything. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yeah, but it would be good for us and for Tom, right? Like whether, I, I don't know, maybe I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and convince Josh of anything. Right. Is I think his mind is made up, but like, I think, right. I think it's just, uh, uh, that that's, that's, in, that's interesting. What, how, yeah. what an interesting conclusion. And I think it's interesting that it was the conservative voice that was like, okay, I'm done here. That was like, I that's not necessarily a reflection on conservatism. It might I, be. I think it, so. It could just be a reflection that I'm a piece of crap or I'm just too busy, <laughs> you know, that, uh, that they're leading the conversation in. I mean, it, if it's, uh, you know, metaphorically speaking, like, you know, is it the, if when I said, when I was saying earlier, like the, I foresaw that like a states would secede. I already, I'm assuming those would be conservative states. Right. Yeah, Texas will lead the way probably. Yeah. Maybe. Florida or something. Right. Oh, like, you know okay, what? You're probably right. There probably is a referendum on, on conservative versus liberal. Cause we're the ones that are sick of being talked down to. Well, we're, we don't like the central centralized power, right? That we've always, the conservatives are sort of against that. And so that's always sort of been a liberal thing right if you go to washington dc it's like the most liberal place in the world uh so i think we would always be resistant to the uh, to the federal government i think that's the issue we have is the federal government right is like largely and 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 the way you get around the only way out of that is to secede and uh which could lead to war right did last it did last time sure did that was that was actually the bigger we, we always say it's slavery it was actually the dissolution of the union. That's what Abraham Lincoln cared about. He's on the record as saying, if it meant leaving slaves in slavery and preserving the union, I would do it. So that was actually the bigger issue. Hmm. Well, right. Yeah. That was the entire catalyst um, for sure. But I think, I think the, 
the slavery thing was more a well, moral, in retrospect. Everybody it was a, would agree. Well, it was great. It was a moral um, thing. You you know, uh, what's the word? A virtue thing for the war, right? We're like, we were sure. we're doing this for slavery. Um. Uh. Anyway, so that's uh. You know. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything else to add to that? I think that I think that's. Uh, uh, I think that is kind of. I think this says a lot. So, I mean, uh, you know, Ryan and I are going to figure out what the next chapter is and and uh, and how this works and what it'll look like, uh, and then and and figure that out soon and and um, and go forward. But uh, it's I think it's very interesting. I think it's very telling the whole the whole how it's all played out. Yeah. So I guess maybe we we should throw in for the you know four listeners who are not our nephews and Josh's friends, right? Uh, hopefully there are more than that. Uh, the podcast isn't dead yet. So it may, it may die, but Tom and I are hoping to find a way to move forward in the interim. And it may very well be the case that, you know, Josh takes a break and I don't know, months, few months from now, something like that, Josh decides to come back no, or not, something. But I'm not, uh, I'm not, Writing anything off, I'm not burning right. any bridges here. I'm, I'm not just, dead yet. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> um, oh wow, yeah. I, Monty Python. You know, I, I want to believe in what we're doing. I really do. But I, and again, it's not just the podcast. I have so much going on right now. Um, this is a really stressful time of year, and so, yeah. So, I'm not dead yet. Okay, but. But I want you guys to keep going, and I and I I already apologize, but I'll apologize again to both of you for for bailing because it leaves you guys in a crappy place, and and I recognize that, and I am sorry, but I just I don't want to come into work every day and hate it. The podcast yeah. deserves better than that. No, I yeah, that's fair. it does, Josh. <laughs> All right. All right. Well. Uh, I have nothing more to add. Anything else? Uh, you guys? Shout out to you guys that have been listening uh, this whole time. You know who you are. Your feedback's been awesome. Thank you for going on the journey with us because it really has been awesome. It really has. I've I've learned a lot. I've sharpened my sword against Ryan, which you know he's a worthy foe i've had several people be like well you should have said this to him when you're talking or this and i was like feel free feel free to take him on at any time okay this is not <laughs> as easy as it looks douchebags um, but uh yeah shout out to you listeners it was uh your feedback was awesome and i appreciate the support nice ryan anything yeah uh you know it I'm I'm saddened by this outcome, but I get it and I respect Josh's decision, right? And I think he's I, I, I really respect it because he's putting the relationship above the podcast. And I, I really do appreciate that. So I genuinely appreciate that. Uh I hope at some point he, you know, feels like he's ready to come back and we can we can start maybe doing some of that really hard work to see. But you know, until then, uh, you know. Josh, take care of the stuff that needs to be taken care of. Let us know if you need any help with anything. And to Josh's buddies and our nephews who were his primary source of feedback, right? Like, don't don't give up on us yet. Uh, Tom and I are working on some ideas. So stick with us for a little bit. And you can always reach out to me to give me feedback or, or feedback or Tom. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, I've learned a ton too. I don't know that I've expressed that enough. Uh, I've mentioned this when we were talking about this offline that I've referred to conversations like in this podcast many, many times when talking to my mostly left-leaning academic colleagues mm-hmm. saying, you know, actually, this is my sense of how conservatives are thinking about this. And it's only because of this podcast that I've been able to do that. And it's been actually really insightful for everybody involved when I'm having those conversations and I'm like, well, hold on. Here's, I think, the conservative perspective. It's, it's been really, really helpful to have. I've got a, I've got a conservative, uh, uh, Source that I go I do. To. Yeah. I do. I did. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's been really, really helpful uh, for me. Right. My group, what is it? Support, not support group, but a um, <laughs> research group. Yeah. Well, cool. Sort of well, focus group. Yeah. Focus group. Yeah, there we go. Uh, the, well, this is very interesting. I like, I think it's fascinating and I don't have a, uh, I'm the moderator. I don't care. Uh, this is uh <laughs> which way this goes, but I think it is very telling. And I think it's very telling of the country and, and what we, and what, what um, kind of the path, the trajectory we're on currently. Right. I think it represents a lot of the, of, of, of kind of where things are at um, and, you know, and good or bad, like, yes, Ryan and I will figure out a, a different f- way forward, but, um, but I, I think it's, it's very fascinating. And so like, uh, uh, we'll see how things play out. And uh, especially after tomorrow, we're going to see how this election goes and see how, how the country moves forward. Right. And, uh, and see if we can um, all start working together and get along unlikely, or if there's going to be, if there is that common foe, right. That's going to, that's going to unite us one way or another. So we'll see, but uh, that's it. Uh, thanks for tuning in and thanks. For, thanks Josh for all your, uh, all the great sessions and uh, we'll, we'll figure out what we're going to do forward. We'll, we'll, we'll put up another episode when we've got it figured out. Thank Thanks. you guys. Josh, we may not always agree when it comes to politics, even though we're trying, but there is one thing we agree on. There is only one way to clean up after going to the bathroom. And that's with a Lux bidet. I've been a proud owner of a Lux bidet for years. I have literally owned a Lux Neo 320 since 2013. That's the warm water model. Talk about happy, fun, poopy time. When I leave the bathroom, I know I'm clean and ready to talk politics in a civilized manner. Exactly. Using a toilet without a bidet is about as uncivilized as it gets. Civil conversations demand civil hygiene practices. And that is why our listeners should get themselves a Lux bidet. And just to be clear, Lux is not supporting one side or the other in this podcast. They support civil conversations and clean butts. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Finding Common Battlegrounds. The music is by Ben Sound. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and not those of their employers. For more information or more episodes, you can find us at findingcommonbattlegrounds.com.